This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, D-I-A-H mamas. Sarah here. Matthew and I just launched our latest production together, the Balanced Mama Moment audio series. Who is this for? Any mom looking for more balance in her life and she's ready to start putting some conscious, powerful, loving, healing energy into herself. This is a guided audio experience of 20 tracks covering everything from how to make a balanced mama moment to body image, sex after motherhood, balance in your relationship, and so much more. We made this for moms just like you and me. So go to sarahbivens.com and click Balanced Mama to learn more and to sign up because we don't think twice about investing in our kiddos. So let's take a moment to give back to ourselves. So go sarahbivens.com and click on Balanced Mama. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It At Home. Hi guys, welcome to the Doing It At Home podcast. Today is a really special episode because there's a lot to celebrate. So first of all, within this past week, the podcast Doing It At Home turned one. That means we have been on the air for one year, which is crazy. And our other baby, the baby, turns one today. Say hey, Maya. Maya's hanging out with us in the studio. So today is Maya's first birthday, September 11th. And to celebrate, we are republishing our birth story. Um, so if you've heard it before, you can enjoy it again. Um, or if you haven't heard it, then this is the story that kind of inspired it all. So it's Maya's birth story from start to finish. And it's you can hear her in the background of the story cooing and awing, and she's just a couple days old, and now she sounds a lot different at a year old, right? <laughs> yeah, she totally does. <laughs> All right, so that's our intro. Maya, do you have anything to say? What, you got stage fright? Okay, she just okay. wants to eat the yeah, mic. Yeah, she's just eating it. All right, everyone, enjoy the episode. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Sarah. Here with me is my amazing husband, uh, horror film enthusiast it's starting to be fall and he's already getting into all the movies oh yeah <laughs> watching him watch him this is matthew what's going on matthew not much mama i've watched two scary movies in two days ah and do you know what has been so unique about those two movies i've watched i don't because i didn't watch them because that's that's not one thing we share together <laughs> well what was so unique about them was that I didn't watch the movies alone, Ah, but the person I was watching them with wasn't you. <gasps> what does that mean? You have another girlfriend. <laughs> There's another love of my life, and uh, she is a female. Oh. I think you know who she is. Yes, I do. Who is she? Maya. Woo! The little Maya bear. Our <laughs> beautiful daughter, Maya, who you're probably going to hear in the background because as we're recording... <laughs> She's lying on my chest right now. <laughs> she was born one week ago. Yes, exactly a week ago, September 11th, 2016. Mm. So that means this is our very first episode of Doing It at Home, where we are parents. Yes, where we are parents. So that's pretty, it's a huge milestone. And uh, another thing that's different is we always record from our bedroom and in our bed. And we're doing that now, but our bed is shifted slightly. Yes. We normally will uh, will lie north south, and now we're lying east west. And we did that because you gave birth in this bedroom. Yeah, something went on in here last last <laughs> Sunday. That's so cool. And so I think that's the topic of our episode today, right? It is. We're talking our birth story. We're talking our home birth story, and anything, everything, all about it. Details, the emotions, the circumstances. So, yeah, we, we just wanted to get into it, and this is something not only really cool for the podcast to share our story, but for us, you know, for our family yeah. archive and for Maya to hear one day about the day and in such detail, and, you know, I wrote down as much as I could remember over these past couple of days because I knew with each passing day, you know, the details might get a little bit blurrier, a little bit fuzzier, yeah. uh, so I'm glad we're recording it fresh, you know, within a week. Yeah, and it's super cool that it is one week from when Meyer was born. But um, I think our birth story starts the day before that. So Maya was born on Sunday, but it really starts on Saturday the 10th. Yes, because she was born Sunday morning. So Yeah, so how do you want to kick this off? All right, well, let's give some backstory on where we were at in the pregnancy. We were a day shy of 41 weeks. Okay. Um, so we were past the original guest date. And I know we've talked about guest date yeah. before, otherwise known as due date. Um, so we had we had passed that, and we were now in the stage of just enjoying the time that we had. We were going on lots of dates. We were sleeping in. We were, you know, spending time together, really maximizing this this really sweet um, in between stage and which, which you know just to point out it it wasn't always so sweet no. and we we did an episode about the in between stage because it was this incredibly unique time so we got to a place 
where we were able to enjoy that time, where we were able to really be present. Yes. Because we got anxious for a little bit and, you know, we just wanted things to happen. But you're right. We got, you know, past our guest date and then just started to enjoy, yeah. figure out how to enjoy that time. Yeah. So that's where we were at. And now do an even bigger rewind to May of this year. I was looking at Father's Day gifts for you. Yeah. And I came across uh, tickets to the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra playing here um, in Alpharetta, just outside of Atlanta, on September 10th, uh, doing John Williams scores, John Williams music. So if you're not familiar, John Williams is an amazing... um, musical composer who's done films from Jurassic Park to Harry Potter to Star Wars. Of course, how could I not mention Star Wars? But he's um, known for. Yes. Um, and I didn't even, you know, total side note, realize the huge breadth of his work and how far back it went. Um, so so like had, the 50s. Yeah. So that that's crazy. But um, anyway, bought these tickets, was super excited to get them, but knew the date was a precarious one mm. given our guest date. And I just kind of resolved, you know, we get to go and I'm still pregnant or I, you know, we, we have Maya by then and Matthew goes with someone else. I did still purchase insurance on the tickets <laughs> because I wasn't sure one way or the other which, how probably, it was going to go. Probably smart. And yeah, so once we were past the guest date, someone actually asked us, I think it was at the chiropractor, asked so, you know, is there anything you might be subconsciously waiting for or maybe something that baby is waiting for? You, um, you know, is, is someone coming or is there some event or whatever? And I said, well, there's the, the John Williams Atlanta Symphony concert on Saturday. Maybe she's waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> and as it turns out, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So Saturday rolls around and we did our normal Saturday stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went for the run in the morning. Yes. Um, well, you ran. I, I yeah, sat. I ran, and you hung out, and then we went for, and then we had a normal day. I think we were just hanging out at home, and the concert was at eight, and so we decided to go have dinner. Mm-hmm. But somewhere in the probably the early part of the day, you started to feel, which we now know were the early signs of labor, right? Which were you felt what like tightness in your my belly like, felt rock hard. It okay. just felt so hard, and you know it made getting into certain positions kind of uncomfortable. And I wasn't feeling any sensations of pain necessarily, but it was just that the belly was super hard, and maybe my breathing would change a little bit. So I acknowledged them as maybe like mini contractions, or as we referred to them, birthing waves. Uh, but I was in a state of thinking, well, this could go on for days. You know, what this yeah. is, what this is, you know, I'm just going to not get too excited about it and just kind of lock in and figure this is going to be for a while that I'll just experience this off and on. So, so that's where I was at mentally with it. Okay. So that, so we're going through that and then we go out to eat mm-hmm. and had a normal dinner. Yep. And again, you were experiencing just a few of these waves every so often. And so we go to the concert. And uh, one cool thing that what happened was we parked our car and we got out of the car and we saw another pregnant couple. Yes. And they had they had hailed a golf cart to take them into the show. And so we got to ride with them and it was beautiful because you didn't have to walk. That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And so we get into the show. We have front like almost front row seats and it was out outdoors and it's, you know, September in Atlanta this time of year. And it was like low 80s and it was hot. And so. You know, we did our best to cool off, and 
I just remember loving the show, but at the same time knowing that you weren't 100% comfortable. Right. And, you know, your feet were, were swollen, so oh, I was yeah. rubbing your feet. It was hot out. The chairs were nice chairs, but, you know, it wasn't like a like a lazy boy or a couch right. or a bed. <laughs> but nevertheless, we enjoyed the show. And then I remember we left before the last song was complete mm-hmm. because we wanted to beat traffic. Yeah, make and, it to the car. And I was like, you know, we, I want to get you home. Right. I really want to get you home because you were not comfortable. Right. And basically what? We got back into the car and you were... Yeah, we got back into the car. I remember sitting and thinking, oh, I don't feel very well. Like that, There was a shift, you know, from, from walking to the car to then getting in, closing the door and thinking, I'm really not comfortable. Yeah. And like the, the, the hardness in the belly was continuing, but now it you was with... I had to pee. And there was this like intensity to it that I hadn't really felt before. And it was like what? Ele- like about 11 10? p.m. Was it? Yeah, okay. It was, it was, about, it was about 11, 11 p.m. So it's like... A little bit past our bedtime, right. so you're also a little tired from mm-hmm. a full day. Sure. And so we, you know, I did my best to get home quickly. And when we got home, what was, what did you experience, like, walking into the house? What did you start feeling? Well, I was extremely relieved to be home. And then my my thought was just, I need to get in the bathtub. I need That's to just get was. to water. That was, it was like a fish who had been, you know, <laughs> ejected from the bowl or something. I was like, I need to get back to water. <laughs> um so, yeah, just chilled in the bathtub for a little bit, hung out there. And then um, I was experiencing some frustration, too, because I, I wasn't sure what was happening. You know, I didn't have any frame of reference or I didn't have context for it. So I'm thinking, is this it? Is this not it? Is this is this going to be days like this? Is this going to, you know, is this going to go away? Yeah. Um, so I, I appreciated your calm mindset and just problem-solving approach to it and that you you said why don't we just sleep through it why don't we just get in bed and go to sleep yeah and we'll deal with it in the morning kind of thing and i appreciated that and so that was the mindset i put myself in and you know we got in bed but well, it well let's back up because 11 o'clock is when well like 11 30 ish when mm-hmm. we got home you got into the bath we didn't decide to go to bed until like one it was that late. Yeah. See, this about... is where from here on out, you're pretty much going to have to be on the, the <laughs> so, time situation because I. Yeah. So like, you know, neither of us were thinking that this was early labor. Right. I think if, if you were to, if we were to pull percentages, like 10 percent of me thought maybe this is early labor. 90 percent of me thought Sarah's just experiencing Braxton Hicks mm-hmm. and she's tired and she just needs to go to sleep mm-hmm. and sleep it off. And so. 1 1 a.m. rolls around, which we had had a couple of late nights that week. So I don't think 1 a.m. was so out there that we thought this must be it. But like 1 a.m. rolls around and we get into bed. And at that point, you were having consistent waves. They were more consistent at that point, yeah. Because because we you were experiencing waves in the tub and waves which are which we now understand were the contractions right and so you were you were experiencing the waves and we're sitting in bed lying in bed and you're on your side and i remember just having my hand on the small of your back and you would experience a wave and then it would go down it would calm down right and i'm thinking okay well we're gonna be able to fall asleep for a little while mm-hmm. but the waves were coming like every five minutes mm-hmm. it was quick yeah and so we're laying in bed at 1 a.m. and five minutes turns into 10, turns into 20. And soon soon it's 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. and you haven't slept at all. Right. I, had, I didn't sleep one wink. And the that. waves were the same. They were were uncomfortable, painful, 
coming about five minutes apart. Yes. And so what do we do at that point? I, I went in and out of the bathtub. So from bed, I went back into the bathtub. And I think around three, we called Debbie, our midwife. Yeah. And let her know what was going on. And you spoke with her for a few minutes. And then she got on the phone with me briefly. And what we established in that phone call was we were at a really nice progressed um, early stages early of labor. labor. And I remember between going, getting home at like 11 something and calling Debbie, who's who's the midwife, I remember doing two things, looking through HypnoBaby mm. and research, uh, reading about like what early stage labor looks like. Right. And then going online and looking at some other things because not what what you were experiencing, what we were experiencing was not at all like what I remember reading and being told early labor looked like. Mm. And the biggest reason was because the pain wasn't so extreme that you knew it was birthing pain. Right. And the fact that it was they were coming so fast. Right. Because of what my understanding was when you experience the early contractions, it's like discomfort that you can have a conversation through mm-hmm. and it's like 30 40 minutes apart mm-hmm. but yours was discomfort that you had to like focus and breathe through yes and it was like every five minutes yes and so because that was happening and we didn't experience early early labor because we didn't acknowledge it as that mm-hmm. i didn't think you were i didn't think it was happening yeah so it's funny looking at it now that early early thing that you're referring to was all day saturday all where day. i was just going about my life yeah where we and were then, at the gym mm-hmm. where we were at home where we were at dinner that's when you were experiencing the right mild discomfort that you could talk through right but we didn't really know and, and so go into evening and it, that was the more accelerated portion of yep. the event yeah so 3 a.m 3 a.m ish i called debbie and i said hey debbie we're experiencing this and very calmly, she's like, okay, all right, yeah. cool. This sounds like the the beginning of, of labor. And what I want you to do um, is I want you to just keep track. Because at that point, I had been using my my, um, phone. my phone to track the start of mm-hmm. each wave. Because that's how we would measure the distance and um, like the length of time in between. Right, right. And you track the, the start of the it. The intervals. Yeah, the intervals. And so I was doing that. And she said, Debbie said, when they become one minute long mm-hmm. and they are coming every five minutes, call me back. Right. And this was, I don't know, maybe 3.30, yeah. maybe close to four at this point. And I remember starting to track that. And within like 10 minutes, we got one that was a minute long and that was lasting, that, that was five minutes apart. Yeah. And Debbie said, when that goes on for one hour, right. call me back. So I was like, well, we're here. We are right on time. Yeah, it was like right after we called her, and you know, at this point, what's going on in my head is okay. We are now at like middle stage of labor. Like it's it's almost time to assemble the team, and Sarah hasn't slept. Yeah, and she's not gonna get any sleep tonight, and she hasn't eaten since dinner eight p.m. Yeah, which at that point it's now what like four. 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. You hadn't eaten in eight hours. And I was like, shit, that's probably not the best way to go into pushing on a baby. Yeah. Not having sleep and having very little food. And so that was that was like hanging in the back of my mind as, as like a, a potential fear mm-hmm. because I thought you might be really tired 
and low energy yeah. when you're going to need it most. Yeah. But I didn't say anything and I just continued to give you fluids, um, water, juices, and really tried to get you to eat. Yeah. I made you a sandwich. I had you eat that. I think we had soup or something. I wanted you to eat that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, and so we tracked, or I tracked the, con- the contractions and... While in between that time, what were you experiencing from when we first called Debbie? Because that's when it was like confirmed that mm-hmm. this was birth time. Where were you at that point mentally, emotionally? A little bit relieved, especially to hear that it was it was actual like active labor. It was act- active birthing, birthing time. That was a relief because as it started to get a little bit more intense before we confirmed everything with Debbie, I was thinking, um, if this is not it or if this is going to be like this for a day or whatever, like I've heard, um, I don't know how I feel about this. I definitely had that moment and I had thoughts of, you know, we're doing this podcast, like doing it at home. And what if this ends (laughs) up the, we tried to do it at home and it didn't end up like that podcast. (laughs) Yeah. We'd have to change the name. We're doing it at home. Psych. Tried to do it at home. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> thought about doing it at home uh so i i thought ran through my mind in a little bit not of course like the podcast but just this was what our vision was and yeah um probably somewhere in the back of my mind i was thinking about the the lack of rest like you mentioned yeah. you know i'm about to go into a marathon and i haven't slept is basically you know what i was equating it to at one point i totally get that <clears> i mean <throat> you know the discomfort you were feeling until you realized it was there were uh, contractions you're like, crap, like this is not comfortable right. and we haven't even started this whole process yeah. yet. So if I'm experiencing this much discomfort right now, what the hell is it going to be like when we're really in it? Yeah, I definitely thought about that. Yeah, um, that makes sense. On the other side, though, you know, we were listening to Hypno Babies. We were listening we to were. The, the meditations and the music and the affirmations. And that was beautiful. Uh, having that on while I was in the tub, being in the water, I was just that that was helping the experience so much when when I had been lying in bed it almost made it worse to just be lying down in mm. bed um you were amazing I, th- I feel like that's when we were laying down like our strategy if you will in terms of our, our connection and you were so supportive and loving and like you said you were trying to get me to eat and drink you were giving me affirmations for myself and um one that I really held on to and used throughout the rest of the birthing time was being grateful for what I was experiencing and you know Mm. looking at each contraction again we referred to them as pressure waves or birthing waves riding each wave riding each wave being in it like you know you can't you can't fight a wave or like brace yourself like against like you there's a point where all you can do is go through it yeah um so riding it and being grateful for it, like being grateful for my body and what it can do and this experience that I've created. Uh, so that was that was a huge part of that time for me as well. Um, I want to go back real quick to what you said about being in the water, mm-hmm. because for for you families listening, um, consider adding water oh, to your yeah. birth, however you can. Oh. Yeah. If if you're choosing to go in a hospital, cool. If you're choosing to do it in a birthing center, cool. If you're choosing to, to do it at home, like we did, cool. Consider adding some sort of water element, whether it's a tub 
or maybe just a shower with a stool. Yeah. Because what I experienced with with Sarah being able to to labor in water was just it was insane the difference between you being in water and out of water. Yes. I mean, even when you got out of water just to use the restroom, it mm-hmm. was like night and day in terms of your um your energy, your mood, the discomfort level that I saw. Mm-hmm. And when I saw you go from water to laying on the bed, when it was like 1 a.m. we were trying to go to sleep and you'd been in water for an hour and a half, you were so uncomfortable mm-hmm. laying in bed. But then you got back into the water and it was like you felt more relief. Yes. So for, for you families out there, uh, for you women who are listening to this, who are pregnant and trying to figure out what, what works for you, I'll just say for us, water was amazing. and. Yes. Um, Sarah labored her did ninety nine percent of her labor in our bathtub, but then we shifted to um, a baby pool. Yes, which I set up in the in the in the bedroom. It was part of our you know our birthing plan was to have a baby pool, and um, the talk to tell me what the baby pool was like for you. Oh my gosh! So you at this point, you know, we had called Debbie again to let her know about. The contractions, so yeah. that's 5 a.m. So it's about, it's about 5, 5.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. I told Debbie, hey, the contractions are a minute long, coming now at this point about three minutes apart, mm-hmm. and they've been happening for a long time. So yes. that was a signal for Debbie to assemble the midwives and for them to come over, and my next, my next action was to text message the team, mm-hmm. the birthing team. And so once I did that, then I got into, okay, let's set the stage, basically. Right, right. And you got the big kiddie pool, tub, whatever you want to call it, blow up, inflatable thing, mm-hmm. and put it in our bedroom, and you filled it up with water. And when I first got to step and sink into it, it was just like, oh, that feeling, oh my gosh, it was it was amazing. And it was big. You know, our our bathtub is pretty small, so mm. this thing, you know, my belly could be submerged. Your, I could move around. Yeah, your legs are fully stretched legs out. Legs stretched out. I could lean over the sides of it because it had very thick, you know, inflated sides to where either on my padded. back I could hook my arms over lying on my back or kind of hunched over on all fours. I could lean over it. And um, I was so grateful for that tub. Mm. I'm so happy we got it. Yeah. It was it was a, a a really great foresight on our part and, and I think great planning. Um, I didn't have you know when we started talking about home birth, I didn't really think about birthing in water. I knew that was an option, but it wasn't an option I truly considered. Right. And um, I I don't think I really considered laboring in water, mm-hmm. but that's what we did, and I'm so freaking happy we did that. Mm-hmm. And so. Okay, so at this point, it's probably like 5.30, almost 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. The room has these, it's beautiful because it's it's lit by some white Christmas lights yeah. that have been strung up um, around our bed and, and over the closet. So it's like this very, very soft light. Yeah. You're in the pool. Um, I'm sitting behind you on a yoga ball. Yep. And I'm just sort of rubbing your back, rubbing your neck, rubbing your arms. We have the hypno babies affirmations yep. playing in the background yep. so it's like meditation music with these beautiful affirmations like you know my body is perfectly made for a happy healthy mm-hmm. labor or um birthing time stuff mm-hmm. like that so yeah. it i'll be honest that was my absolute 
favorite part of the entire experience, um, mm. second to when Maya came out. But just the memory that I'm going to be able to have in my mind for forever of me sitting behind you, us in that room. It's it's nighttime still, so it's dark out. Um, it's early in the morning, so no one, our phones aren't ringing. We don't hear traffic. It was just like the world, everything stopped. Yeah, it was this. Yeah, it was like everything paused. It was only you and I, and we had, I don't know, an hour plus just like, like that. that. Yeah, it was very intimate and very sweet. Yeah, and such a beautiful way to kind of not close a chapter, to say, but just to transition, to transition into a new stage together, into a new, a new time and a new experience. Yeah. So to usher in. Right, and then from that, I mean. From then until the time she was born, you could easily make the argument to me that that was like 20 minutes. When in reality, it was, it was like another three, four hours. Yeah, another another four hours, roughly. So let's let's say, OK, now it's 630. Yeah. And so and Debbie's arrived. Right. At this point, in no, you know, I don't remember the exact order, but everyone started arriving, let's say, between that stage and like right before she was born, everyone showed up the team. So it went. Debbie came first, mm-hmm. and then Wendy, mm-hmm. and then my mom, mm-hmm. and then Day and Shonda, right. and then Lacey, yep. and then Nancy, right. and Bill, who was a surprise. <laughs> yeah. He was, a, he was a wild card who we didn't know was, was going to be there. I'm guessing he drove Nancy? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, and that was the order and people arriving. And for me, when Debbie arrived, it marked the change from this being like a, just like, I don't know. It was, it was on. It was game time. Yeah. It was like, okay, this shit's it's real. time, yeah. Yeah, it was like, this shit's real. The midwives are at our home for the birth of our daughter. This isn't like, we aren't, we aren't warming up anymore. You know, it's, it's just like, like I'm, I'm an NBA fan, as you know. It's like, when you, when you see before the game, they're out there and they're shooting baskets and they're doing drills. And then the whistle, you know, the, 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 the horn sounds and it's time for the tip off. They all get announced. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's what that shit was. It was like yeah. now, now stepping into the room at five foot five and mm-hmm. Debbie. What's her last name? Schneider. Debbie Schneider, <laughs> and and you know she rolls in and it was it was freaking game time. Yeah, and you know for for those of you wondering, like that sounds like a ton of people. Like that actually does sound like a sports team. Like it does. all those people for a birth. Well, yes, uh, it is a lot of people. You know, it depends on who you are. That can seem like a lot of people. Um, but we'll be talking in a you know in another episode entirely about choosing your birth team. But oh, just we haven't a, done an episode on that yet. I don't think so. Oh, cool! Because that yeah. that's gonna be a great one because we were so intentional. Right. So. Just to touch on that for you know a second, as far as for us, everyone was chosen chosen very deliberately and had very specific roles. Um, so while it may seem like a lot, when I look at it now, the way it all played out, it could not have played out more it was awesomely. Um, perfect. For instance, you know the midwives given they're there serving their purpose, and then um, Day and Shonda were kind of like a male and female doula to each of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted Matthew. We, we wanted Matthew to have um, strong, powerful male energy there to just kind of be a part of the experience. And um, Shonda was like, you know, a doula for me and your mom there to just be a support be a and be a mom and, and experience the birth of her, her first grandchild. And um, 
Nancy, just this awesome get shit done person. And and like it, record keeper. Yes. Yeah. She, she, she wrote, yeah, wrote she, down everything that happened. She did a play by play. Yeah. I mean, she has pages of it that I haven't seen yet. And mm-hmm. it's a play by play of, of what went down. And she was also, I think, key in documenting with photos and video. Yeah. Which we have a freaking ton of. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it might seem like a lot, but it, it really didn't. It never felt crowded to me. It, it meant that everyone was taken care of. Um, you know, Matthew got breaks, you know, when I was still going through waves and you got to go eat, people made food for you. People made sure you were drinking and staying hydrated and taking care of yourself. I wouldn't have done otherwise. You would not have done. And, um, you know, you, you think you hear about hospital births where, you know, they usher in a team of interns or, you know, janitors and and everyone are in there doing their thing. You know, you could have up to like 10 or 11 people in your room that you don't know. So... What what about having people that you do know who are going to be there to raise the energy of the place? And um, when you're in that stage, as, as I can attest to now, you you don't care how many people are in the room. And, and I'll make this last comment about our team. My, my sister really wanted to be there for the birth of Maya, but we decided that she could come after Maya was after Maya came because... Again, we were very intentional about who we wanted in the room. We wanted people in the room who had witnessed birth, who had witnessed birth or experienced birth. Right. So everybody in there had had been at a live birth, had helped at a live birth, had given birth to a baby and had, themselves, and had given birth to, yeah. to multiple kids. So each person in that room was there to support you from a place of experience, mm-hmm. from a place of coaching, mm-hmm. and any one of them could could have stepped in if if need be and so you know we did have a number of people there but we 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 intentionally left out Mm -hmm. people who had you could make a huge case for and and then they did you know my mom and my sister made a huge case for why my sister should should be there so yeah we had a number of people there but man that was a fucking all-star team and i would have not changed a thing no and to add to that um you know, you said the coaching. I think about now the that whole experience, everything that was done for me to help me move through the waves. If you had been doing every single thing that everyone collectively did, I mean, you would have been, oh, been short-circuited by the end of that experience. You would have just been fried. Um, what I mean by that is um, awesome technique. Uh, Debbie showed us a way, you know, for me to move through the waves. Do you remember Oh yeah, the hip hip. Uh, yeah, so pitch. basically a fist on either side at the at the hip joints, kind of pushing in like a clothespin. Yeah. To assist in kind of taking on the sensation, and at any given point, everyone did that for me. You know, the midwives themselves, you, Dave, Shonda, your mom was doing it, mm-hmm. and I had support people physically doing that to me probably almost every single contraction I went through. When we started it. From when everyone came, yeah, from when we started doing that. And um, that's like hard man labor. Uh, people were assisting me in and out of the tub, helping me walk down the hallway when they wanted me to move around. Um, rubbing your back. Yes, rubbing my back. All kinds of stuff. Getting getting me juice, wiping me down with cold towels. So yeah. there was a lot of labor. A lot of labor by everyone. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'll, I'll admit that I did not, truly understand how big my role would be uh, you know like i i how big it could be because there could are be. some you yes. know dads that don't and everyone's different very true like 
how big my role could be and would be for for our dynamic yes. and for what you were wanting. Yes. So from coaching you through the waves and and having you you know all right babe ride the wave experience it feel it feel everything about it be grateful for it because it means you're opening up and your body is getting ready to to release maya experience the wave okay it's coming down know that it's coming down it's going to be over quickly okay breathe you know like that sort of coaching and doing that every five minutes and like you said all the other things like i had no idea that's what my role would be and uh, I'm very grateful that I had someone there to cook me food so I could step out for 10 minutes and just do little things because it was tiring for me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's okay, see. I'm so trying to remember some details. So Let's get back to the timeline. Though. Yeah, so everyone has arrived at this point and, and then just more laboring continues. Um, so by what, like eight, probably everybody had arrived. Yeah, yeah. And um and you'd moved around in the tub. You've gone from your tub. from sitting to to on all fours to you know kind of over the edge. Yeah, and yep. you've done your just this amazing breathing techniques, like Ooh. just really tapping into your breath. If anybody's yeah. done yoga, you know, think of some of the yoga breaths, like in your nose, out your mouth, and just sticking with that and flowing with your breath. I mean, what did Day say? He's like, no. No wave is as big or powerful as your breath. Yeah, yeah. No wave mm-hmm. is as powerful as your breath. And so you've been doing that, and you had one one quick check to see your dilation. I yeah. don't remember when that was, but you were what, like two centimeters? I don't even know, and I'm glad I didn't mm-hmm. know, because if I had heard two or three, I probably would have <laughs> yeah. flipped my shit. So I'm glad I didn't know. Um but yeah, that was the one of two times they checked me. And um, let's see what else is going on. Those waves, man, just to remind me, you're talking about the breathing. I mean, I don't know how it is for other women. I, ha- I haven't talked to a whole lot of others who've experienced a home birth like this and how they move through their waves. But what a powerful, oof. I just kept reminding myself of what you said. Be grateful, be yeah. grateful. And then... What was cool about it was seeing that it was, there was a peak and then a trough to it. And so there was, it was climbing, but then once it hit that peak, I knew it was going to come down. Like I could, I could experientially like feel what that was like and what it was doing. And, you know, in the kind of working out we do, the kind of training we do and the breathing exercises we um, do in like our daily lifestyle, I was utilizing all of that you know I just kept picturing sitting in a long squat hold like I do and Mm -hmm. have done for a couple of years now and um, you know it might sound silly but it's like the training (laughs) the training really supported me when I needed it and really helped carry me through some of those really powerful waves yeah and you know it would be kind of cool let's describe a squat hold and if you're at home right now or you're at the office or you're somewhere where you aren't driving or aren't on a bicycle and you can actually do this, we invite you to do this. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So stand up and go and go stand near a wall and you're essentially doing a wall sit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, put your feet about hips width apart, hips width apart, about 18 inches in front of the wall and just slide down, slide down the wall until your butt gets parallel to the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your your thighs are yeah your well. your thighs are parallel to the floor. Your 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 toes are right underneath your knees, yep. and your hips are your hips and your feet are hip distance apart. Your feet are hip distance apart. Your back is is straight, and your arms are out, and just sit there, and just sit there. Yeah, and sit there a little bit more. And sit there a little <laughs> bit more, and feel as your legs start to heat up. Now. Do that for one whole minute, and as you start to heat up, breathe. Right, right. Breathe deeply in through your nose. Pause. Breathe deeply out through your mouth. And that'll give you an idea of what the squat holds were that, yeah. that Sarah had been doing for three and a half years. That when we talk about, like, we feel like that could have been a little bit of training. It absolutely was yeah. because you were sitting in the fire, Yep. as we say. And the sensation grows every every second. The the discomfort in your legs and your back and your butt it grows. Mm-hmm. And the way that you stay with it is you become very present. Mm-hmm. You experience it. You allow the feeling to just flood through your body, and you breathe through it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you did through every pressure wave. Right. Flow, flow. The difference between that and resistance. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that's just a kind of a little thing to show you, like. Sit in those things, and I guarantee you'll be able to sit in any any circumstance right. life throws at you. But uh, and this is not to say I was a total little Buddha the whole time. I definitely had no. a few moments of okay, fuck this. You um, did. Let's see. There's like top two or three. One, I had this searing pain at a very localized spot in my lower right, lower left back back area. Um, nothing was making it feel better. People were trying to rub it. That actually made it feel worse. Like it was sensitive to the touch, but it just, it would not go away. So even when I got breaks from the contractions, I was still feeling that pain in my back Mm. and it was just crippling. Like I I had, I was hunched over like an old Disney witch. (laughs) Um, and come to find later, Miss Maya came out with her left hand, her fist up by her face and her elbow poked out and that's exactly what was digging into my lower back for probably the last third of the of the birthing experience so that was definitely no picnic um i would say also i threw up um which i was not anticipating or expecting i didn't even know happened i didn't even know that happened much in labor it makes sense but um i didn't think it was going to happen to me uh, they wanted me to go walk down up, up and down the hallway, got up, felt really weak. And all of a sudden just slowly made it down to my knees and just puked and was puking while having a contraction. 
So here I am trying to like breathe through the contraction, but I can't breathe because I'm puking. And as we had mentioned earlier, I hadn't eaten all that much. So I'm yeah. just puking bile, which if anyone's done that, it tastes disgusting. And you were, you just come out of the tub. So you were wet yeah. in a towel. Yeah. So by the time you had sort of like flopped down yeah. to your knees, you were naked yep. with a wet, damp towel draped over you with a bucket that I'm holding yep. underneath you. <laughs> You're puking. There's like snot coming out of your nose. Like it was straight up glamour. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was the real. Um, so then after that happened, we got you back up. I think mm-hmm. into the tub for back a little bit. Back in the tub for a while. You labored and labored and labored, yep. and then you had to go to the bathroom, yep. or they told you to go to the bathroom. Yes. And so we went up to the bathroom. You. That was actually where the first time you said, "This hurts." First and only time yeah. I I really like. I didn't think about buckling. It's not like I thought about, you know, packing it all in or, you know, fuck this. We're, we're going to the hospital. But it was just an acknowledgement. And I think that's totally okay for ourselves to yeah. acknowledge, like, listen, this, this is, is a bit overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and that's what it was. I remember sitting on the toilet, staring at you, like, looking deeply into your eyes, which I did a number of times throughout the whole experience. Yeah. We, we locked in a lot. Um, and I just looked at you and I just said, this hurts. Yeah. This really hurts. And I think it was just a combination of the waves, the back pain, you know, everything. And um, I think it's really interesting that we came out of the bathroom then after after having that little moment together. And the birth stool was set up. Yeah. I hadn't seen that before um, in the room. And Debbie, our midwife, said, okay, why don't you sit down and we'll check you out. And it was like. And now looking at it it was such a cool thing to like have that experience like we did at the bathroom because it's like I left in the bathroom, whatever it was that was like this little demon that wanted to convince me that I couldn't do it or or whatever. Because then we came into the bedroom, sat down, and that's when things started to really change. Yeah, so you sat down and Debbie did the second check. Yeah, the second check. And she says, okay. You're fully dilated. And my water broke when she did that. So not only was I 10 centimeters as she checked me, but in the process of her checking me, my water broke. And we were like, holy shit, you're 10 centimeters? Because yeah. no one in the room had any idea that you... I didn't. <laughs> you know, I had no clue how we were progressing. Mm-hmm. So when they were like, you're 10 centimeters, and, and Debbie says, okay, um, I'd like for you to try and push. <laughs> and I think when I heard that, I just thought it was like a, well, you just, you try to push and then you can't push. So you labor some more (laughs) and you try to push again. And then like 12 hours later, the baby comes out. I had no clue that like this was going to be the start of you pushing out Maya. Yeah. And so, so we'll set the scene now. So you're out of the pool and there's a, there's a birthing stool next to you. And it's not a stool. It's sort of like a chair with no back that the bottom has been taken out of. Yeah. Imagine like a like an assisted toilet is kind of what it makes me think of, you know, like for people who can't move around as much, yeah. like, cause it has like a bucket thing under it. And it was interesting. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was an interesting thing that you could sit on and it had these railings that you could hold, hold on to and brace. And so you were sitting on that. Mm-hmm. I sat behind you because I was going to brace you mm-hmm. from behind. And my arms were either in one of two positions. I had my hands, on your shoulders mm-hmm. or like my forearms that kind of wrapped around you on your shoulders or I had my arms actually under your arms. Yeah. 
almost like I was about to do like a full Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> but my hand, you know, my arms would be under your arms. And I was there for, to brace. Right. Because as you were pushing, I knew you were going to need want something to brace against. So, so we're sitting there and Debbie says, push. And you did the first push. And what did you feel? Not much of anything. Um, and to... to add what I was experiencing like mentally you know you said how you felt when she said it's time to start pushing yeah she said time to start pushing I was almost like really are you sure though are you sure (laughs) it was that feeling of you know you want to do something or you want to go somewhere or experience something and now someone's like okay here like now's your chance you know like you know like we're pregnant and I want to have this baby like okay well it's time to have this baby are you sure though? Am I like, am I are we, ready? Are we are supposed you, to wait? Like maybe let's just wait. We could just, yeah. just hang out. Maybe. Like Thirty more minutes. <laughs> let's just wait. Let's go back in the tub. Um, and so she, you know, tried to direct me, like you just said, how and where to push and what to feel for. And at first, it was just kind of lost it on me. The very first one, I thought, okay, well, this just seems like you want me to to poop. You know, like you that that kind of feeling. And apparently the muscles are super similar. I mean, they are very close. Um, That's what Lacey said. Yeah. After the first two pushes where not much happened, Lacey was like, okay, you know that feeling when you're trying to push out a poop? Yeah. That's what I want you to do. So that made a little bit more sense. And then after the second attempt, the second like trial push, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I I get this. I feel it. And really something just kind of – like I locked in because I had this feeling of, oh, I can do this. Like I can, I can be active and engaged in this. Like this, it was such a nice treat. I can't even believe I'm using that word. <laughs> After the the waves, because the waves is just total surrender. You let them take you where they're gonna take you, and you just work on staying within your body or out of your body, wherever you want to be. But you just have to focus on that. And then with pushing, I was like yes like give me something to do like uh, yes like I was excited I was like oh hell yeah I can do this um and that's that's what ensued was uh coaching on you know as I felt the wave um deep breath in let it all out and then another in and then push and see if I could get three of those while holding your breath yeah three you know inhale hold pushes uh with each contraction and that's that's what happened for the next 40 minutes. So so since I have, I will never really understand what it's like to push a baby out, mm-hmm. obviously. Can you describe for me, like, quickly, and I don't want you know, you know, to get into this, but I know what it's like to push out a poop. Mm-hmm. So what is what what are you pushing that's different than pushing out a poop to push out a baby? Okay, I mean, I know I've done it. I, I still wouldn't deem myself like an expert or anything. But if I had to explain it, it's just literally that, but like times a thousand. So like, so if I was to sit on the toilet and just grab the freaking porcelain and grit my teeth mm-hmm. and just try to shit as hard as I could, like that's sort of what it's like to sit on the birthing stool and... Pretty, honestly, pretty much. For me anyway, that's just, I kept... I just kept likening it to that. Um, so were you, was your... I'm getting graphic now, like... Was your booty hole like opening? Like I don't know you, exactly what it was doing. Yourself? I am sh- I am pretty sure I pooped a little bit. I'm pretty sure because there was that bucket under me. So I, I had no idea. I, I think so. Unless that was something a big else fear was of coming yours. out of me. Yeah. Oh, I so didn't. I was like, I do not want to shit myself while I'm giving birth. And I know it happens. And like 
who the hell cares? But it was just something I had in my mind that like I did not want to happen for me. Um, and so I don't think it was like a anything to write home about. But I didn't even I, know. I'm pretty sure a little bit. Oh, you came know what? Out. Let's go to the film. <laughs> we have it all on tape. Somebody... We'll confirm that for you. Yeah, we're gonna go and look to see. Yes, if, back if to the, the highlight poop. reels. But anyway, uh, to, to best answer your question, that but just more intense and okay. and greater like surface area okay. of that feeling, you know, because obviously she's coming out of my vagina, yeah. so it it just radiates more to the to the different parts of your downtown area. Um, All right, so we're on the birthing stool, and in total, you pushed for forty minutes. Forty minutes, and so. You're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing, and I remember Debbie gave you another little exam, and she said, okay, Maya's head is about an inch away from your vaginal opening, mm-hmm. and so she just coached you on, all right, I really want you to dig deep, and Lacey was great. She's like, push until you feel like you can't go anymore, and then keep pushing. Yeah. When, you, <laughs> when you hit that wall, when you feel like you're exhausted, keep pushing, yeah. and what I saw from you is you were doing the whole, like, hold your breath, push, one, two, you know, push, 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 three times, and you were breathing. When Lacey was, like, lock in, and Debbie said you're an inch away, you fucking locked mm-hmm. in. You were doing five, seven, eight pushes with oh. one breath. And I'll be honest, I was sitting there half expecting you to faint. Which I almost kind of did for, like, a second, if you remember. there I was coming out of a push... And I felt it go dark a little bit and the little fuzzies. And I kind of went forward ever so slightly. Um, and that's when Debbie was like, okay, lean back on Matthew. And I then they got that. me some juice. Um, and I, I had just like, it was a millisecond of like, oh, fuck, what if I pass out? Yeah. Like, that is not going to be cool. And then I thought, no, 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 get back, get back. Like, don't even think about that. You, you can't go there. You can't go to a place of thinking you're going to pass out. Dude, I, I mean, so I was bracing you. And I was every like fiber in my arm. I was using my arms and my back and my abs. So like my core and my arms. Because I was sitting on a ball. And that was really what I was using to brace you. I was using all my strength <laughs> to to brace when you would lean forward and grit and push. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. There was more than one time I'm like, ah, I think Sarah, Sarah could pass out from pushing this hard. Mm-hmm. And I just decided like, I'm not moving. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be sitting there pushing as hard as you can, I'm going to be as bracing as hard as I can. Oof. And You were doing the most. You were feeling well, it. Well, you were doing the most. Well, yes, but like I was, as a supporter. I was supporting you. And so, okay, so we're, we're pushing, we're pushing, and we get to the point where now you can see her head. Yeah. And Debbie says, reach down, you can feel her head. So what was that like? It was really surreal. Um, first of all, it didn't... It didn't feel like what I thought it would feel like ahead. Like it, and, it felt mushy and. And let me let me uh, just clarify, her head was you still she was still inside. She right. wasn't crowning, but she was just yeah, in, just there, just inside. So like maybe at that point some wisps of hair had fallen down, mm-hmm. but she you know her head wasn't out. It was just you could you could go inside right, right, your right. vagina and feel her. Yeah, which let's make a note too. Um, I, so there's levels to which the baby can be engaged into the pelvis. Yeah. Ranging from like negative five to like 
five. Okay, five. Yeah, it's negative um, five to five. And there's terms. I forget the terms. Right, but, but it's just like letting you know once they're like engaged. Is that one of the terms? That's for the cervix. No, no, no. Let's just, oh, sorry. Yeah, let's just negative five to five. And Debbie informed me after everything that even when we went into pushing, right, we were in two. pushing, she was at negative two. And so that means in a 40 minutes, I brought we, because we were a team, Maya and I, we brought her down into the world from negative two. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, well, and, and while we were doing a crap ton of stuff before yeah. labor even started to get her from negative five to the zero. Yeah. The zero mark. It wasn't and because that's when she becomes engaged. Right. right. Again, there's a term for it where I wish I knew what it was. Maya's sleeping on my chest right now, so I don't want to get up and get the hypnobirthing, hypnobaby booklet, but, you know, I, f- I feel like I sound stupid, but to get her from the negative two down to zero, that's what what she wanted to happen before labor started. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, during your pushing, you went from negative two to zero to then positive five. And and so, okay, so you felt for the head and right. it felt mushy. Yep. Didn't really feel like a head. Yeah, um... At first, I was like, I don't think I felt it. And she goes, that thing that you, like she described, I said, oh, yeah, well, I felt that. And she said, yes, that's that. Um, and we have, and if we, we could set the set the stage, right? So you're sitting in the stool still. I'm behind mm-hmm. you. Bill is standing in the doorway with, like, a hand on my back mm-hmm. to just send me energy, just to be like, dude, I'm here for you. And everybody else is facing us like we're a movie screen yeah. and they're the audience. Like, yep. You know, Debbie's right in front of you. She's sitting on the floor, like eye level with your hoo-ha. Yep. Lacey and Wendy, the other midwives, are behind her. And then on the bed are my mom, Shonda, Day, Nancy, all with camera phones. Yep. Because they were, like, filming this event. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so you, you kept pushing, and all that I could hear were their reaction to seeing Maya... Pop out and go back in. Right, because you pop couldn't out see, and go right? back in. I couldn't see anything. Yeah. Because I was behind you. Right, right. I could not see what was going on down there. So, as so, talk to me when she's crowning. What are you? Are you feeling her crown? Or are you just pushing, feeling pressure? I could feel it move lower. I could absolutely feel it move lower. And um, like it's called the ring of fire. Like when it gets like basically when it's imminent. You know, oh, because it it burns. Yeah, like. The like your ring. vagina skin yeah, burns. Yeah, burn like everything burns. Yeah, like and what kind of burning? Like, like you got a sunburn and someone slaps it, or like you just like ate a bunch of muscular burning. Yeah, what am I talking? Not like an actual burn, dumbass. <laughs> so, so like you're in a workout and you you're like doing curls. Well, yeah, so and it like just burns like hell. Like when you reach um, what's it called? Like muscle fatigue. Yeah, muscle like overload, and that's when you would like drop the weight. You know, you got would it. stop you. It's the point where you would stop doing whatever it is you're doing because that's the indication, hey, dummy, this is going to hurt you. <laughs> um, but you that's where you have through. to move through. Um, so you did. So you but I was very through. clear on that. Yeah, when, when they were saying when you reach that point like where you think you have to stop, like that's exactly what you just like Kool-Aid man through a brick wall do. Oh, yeah. yeah. You just you bust through that shit. And um, – one thing that's interesting about now watching some of the video from the birth is how I was relating to it, like how I was vocalizing it, um, how I was uh, responding to it. 
Yes. So one thing that was interesting for me was watching the video now of the birth is how I was vocalizing and moving mm. through the experience. You know, that was one thing I felt kind of not weird about, but I wasn't sure how I was going to show up. Was I going to be quiet? Was I going to be the mom who's just like, eh. and then there's this baby. Was I going to like sound all melodious? And Are you going to scream was like I gonna bloody scream? hell? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was, I was pretty vocal. You know, there was some. You were like, yeah, continue. And then I, I'll give my two cents. So how I experienced it watching it, in it, I couldn't tell you how I was at all. That's all a blur. But now watching it, I think like, Okay, you know, if I had never watched a birth before, and this is one of the the midwives' videos that they sent home with me to watch, I probably would be like, ooh, that looks like it hurts. But having been in it and watching it, I just look at it as that's how I was expressing myself in it. And I, I would not relate to the experience or share with someone that it was the most painful thing ever, that it was horrible, that I, w- I was in agony as I was sitting on that bench. Um... I think, I guess it's all in the eye of the beholder, like how you experience it. And so it makes me think of now the videos where I watched women where I thought they were like freaking out. Maybe that's just how, you know, in their mind they weren't. And that yeah. is just what was organically <clears throat> e- expressing or coming out. Um, so that was fascinating just to watch how, what noises I made and, and how, how it looked and what my face was doing. Yeah. And for me, I remember, so we had the, the bedroom window we have one window in our bedroom and we had it cracked open because we had the hose draining the baby pool it was going out of the window so it could drain to the backyard and so that meant the window was open and i just remember during some of your screams i was like damn i wonder what the hell the neighbors are thinking is happening <laughs> because there was a few times where you were loud yeah you were just like just <laughs> and i was thinking to myself oh man like the neighbors are probably thinking someone is having a baby in there. Yes. Because it's like. We should call the cops. Or... Yeah. It's like 10 o'clock in the morning and it's quiet on a Sunday. You know, they're they're leaving Sleepy for church town, or something. Yeah. And, and there's this. Because la- we live in a quiet neighborhood. So, you know, you weren't. You weren't. you Your, your vocalizations ramped up. Mm-hmm. And when they were at their peak, they were they were loud. And so I think if I would say a 10 being the loudest like holy shit that lady's lost her mind type Mm -hmm. of birth and a one being just a person who doesn't make any noise at your loudest i'd probably say you hit like a seven okay maybe an eight okay maybe an eight but um yeah i I totally remember thinking i wonder what the hell the neighbors yeah (laughs) what's going through their heads right now oh yeah this this uh what is it? What's the term? This crunchy family over yeah, here. Yeah, granola. Giving, this granola family giving birth at home, and so so anyway. So all right. So let's let's uh, birth. All right. So Maya crowns. Yep. And and everyone's like, she's here. She, she's just a few pushes away. So you start just bearing the fuck down. Oh and just yeah. Going in like a <laughs> madwoman. Just she's getting out. She's getting I'm getting out and. Debbie actually says, "Okay, there's some meconium." Yeah, right? there was in the in the waters. Oh, in the waters when broke. They broke. Yeah, so that was something they wanted to be aware of and mindful of. Um, meconium being, you know, the first the first poop, basically. And the reason why you want to be aware of that is because if it's floating around in the amniotic fluid can... and baby breathes it in, like takes it into her lungs, you know, that's that's not stuff you want inside of you. Right. And so that was interesting when she said that. It was sort of like, okay. 
that's um that's the situation and we'll handle it right. cool let's keep moving mm-hmm. so maya's crowning you're pushing like all hell and her head pops out what did that feel like oh my god so like she's coming out like she's it's coming out. out i mean in the video you see i'm just like ha ah, ah, like i'm like what the hell it's like this this face i'm like what and i use this word for every every single time i explain to someone when they ask how i felt i was i was stunned i just i was in a stunned space of i saw her come out i saw debbie grab her and put her up to me you know for me to grab her onto my chest and i i had uh, i was not here i wasn't here like i there wasn't this thought of like this is my baby and i'm gonna hold her and i just was staring in complete awe and shock and all of it like I had to be brought back into life you know in this weird kind of um stage I was in in between two worlds it's like I had to get pushed back into this one to process what was happening it was it was unreal Hmm. unreal to see her come out and she didn't make any noise which is a little you know not super typical I guess you would just expect to hear a baby cry and so to not hear any noise at first, you know, I was like, you know, is everything okay? But they assured me that everything was fine. And she was just a quiet, little peaceful yeah. nugget. <laughs> yeah. So when, when we were getting close, when like, when, you know, Nancy was like, I can see hair. I started to feel like I was about to cry mm. when I was bracing you. And I would just, I'd, I'd push it back in. I'm like, not yet, Matt, not yet. <laughs> and so as... Her head comes out, and I see, so basically I couldn't see anything going on down there. I was just viewing everyone else's reaction. Yeah, and taking that in as what was. And as everyone was getting closer, with like they were inching closer and closer, and they were like, "Oh my god!" Like I knew stuff was happening. So when she came out, it was like, oh, it was like the room had an orgasm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh! I love that. It really was I like the room that. had an orgasm, and everybody was was like, just crying and making all these amazing like oh my gosh noises and and um maya comes out and and she makes one quick like yeah like one super quick little noise that made me think okay she's alive right and then they put her on your chest Mm -hmm. and i lost it and you see in the video i just start crying and uh she looked beautiful at the same time she looked like a creature that had been inside (laughs) your body for nine months she was you know, covered in all the, like the, um, vernix. the vernix mm-hmm. and just didn't, you know, her coloring was very different, but it was so interesting because I remember seeing, watching the birthing videos and being like, wow, that looks beautiful, but strange. But man, when she came out, like I just wanted to hug her. Mm. And so she comes out and she, yeah, she, she's placed on your chest. And I just remember, or no, she's, she's putting your arms because mm-hmm. you're still sitting I just remember thinking, holy shit, we did it. Holy shit, Sarah birthed our baby that we've been talking to and feeling kick and watching grow for 10 months. I still, I still, wow. yeah, I can't. And then, you know, there was a quick little reality check in that, um, like right after that happened, very calmly, but super deliberately, the midwives were like, Everyone needs to get the hell out of the way because yeah. we have to get Sarah to the bed because unbeknownst to me, I guess I was bleeding, bleeding. a ton. So, um, yeah. So and and you were in your realm of like 
you know, still in the shock. Yeah. I could see yeah. that in your face. So I wasn't processing anything that was happening at that moment. What I experienced is they stand you up. You're holding Maya. Um, shuffled the, me. The birthing stool is about five feet from the bed. They shuffled you to the bed. The, there was a trail of blood. Oh, yeah. A trail <laughs> of like horror movie red, red blood that was behind you. And I thought to myself, oh, shit. I thought to myself, like, something, some like the most terrible thing that I can imagine, it, it looks like it's about to happen. Like, Sarah's bleeding out, or you know what I mean? Like, we never talked about that. You were, you were thinking that? You were really scared? I was scared as hell, but like, I, I, what overrode was me going into support, yeah, partner, husband, dad mode mm-hmm. because, you know, like, I, I couldn't sit there and just I could I could have just reacted right. and just freaked the fuck out but first of all that's not you. that's not me yeah. I don't think I've ever freaked yeah, out like, like that, that. Um, but just seeing that much blood like it was a it was like a sploosh of yeah. blood and so they they put they pulled you in the bed um, laid you down and I immediately just put myself in between you and what they were working on mm-hmm, i didn't yeah. want you to see all that i didn't want you to like be aware that that had been going on and i also wanted to look at maya and just be like oh my god so that feeling overrode like the we just we just did we, we just gave birth feeling overrode any of the fears and i completely surrendered and trusted that the midwives knew what to do right and they did and they did um you know what they are pretty sure it was was placental detachment and that's just where it becomes detached from the uterine wall and in doing that there was just a lot of blood that came with that and um the, as soon as they laid me down you know they were checking on my and as they were doing that they shot me with pitocin yeah which they you know carry in doses only for that only for hemorrhaging um and i was fine i was totally fine so that's a it's a potential consequence of anyone going into birth anywhere. Yeah, that could happen. As long anywhere. as it can be properly managed and safely and and you know wisely, uh, you know, so that may be something that stirs up things for people who are considering home birth and you know hear that and like, oh well, she got to bleed out. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can bleed out anywhere, but it it's really about understanding the consequences of the choices you make, and that's certainly one of them. And it was it was managed and handled, and um. You know what I will say, and I want to go back for to a couple of things. With the Pitocin, what I remember when they first arrived, when Debbie first arrived, is she had like a big case with her. Mm-hmm. And then when Wendy came, she had a big duffel bag with her. And then when Lacey came, she had two more bags with her. Mm-hmm. They were all filled with medical supplies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had an oxygen tank with them. They had multiple tanks. They had oxygen tanks. They had... All sorts of sterilized things in packages. Mm-hmm. They obviously had Pitocin. Like these women were so equipped mm-hmm. to handle so many different things. I didn't really, I didn't really think about what tools they were gonna bring. Like mm-hmm. I knew they were gonna bring a birthing stool, and I knew they were gonna bring a pump for the for the pool to put air in it. <laughs> but like for some reason, I just I didn't think about all that stuff. And when they when they arrived and they had all these different things to handle a number of different situations like i felt really great yeah yeah i was like damn they're prepared like yeah it never came up in our in our you know seven months of conversations with them but they were super prepared with 
all their equipment and then being able to just whip out the Pitocin and get you with it. Like, she's done that before. Right. That wasn't the first time she's done right. that. And what also made me feel really great relief was that she arrived, Debbie arrived at like 6.30 and she was there until 10. I'm sorry. She was there all the way through. So she got to watch what was going on with you and your body and she got to see where you're at. So mm-hmm. she was the best person to be able to assess what needed to happen. Right, right. Because she had been there and she had seen it and she, you know, it wasn't like, like some of the stories I've heard about hospitals where like, you're crowning and the doctor just comes in the room right Right, then. or you might get different nurses or you might get different doctors. Yeah, like where they just come in for for the, for the uh, you know, the, the money shot. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah. they were there the whole time. And so, you know, when you just talked about the Pitocin and being, being stuck with that, like that's made me remember like, yeah, they came fully equipped. They were there the entire birth and they ended up staying like three, four hours after Maya came. Yep. And so, yep. anyway. Back to the timeline. Not just in the sense of dealing with the the bleeding, but um, I tore a little. You tore. And, um, you know, a minor tear. And they. Grade two? Grade two, I guess. Grade two out of five? Yeah. Or level two, whatever. So, level two tear. Um, They sutured me up in my own bed. Sutured you up. They they shot you with. um, Lidocaine. With lidocaine to numb you. And then, yeah. And then Debbie stitched you up right there. And. that was another moment where I, I put myself in between you and them so that you wouldn't see what was going on. And mm-hmm. we just marveled at baby Maya. And um, Maya was looking amazing at that point. And you had birthed the placenta. Mm-hmm. So the placenta was sitting in a in the bowl that we that we put popcorn in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have this turquoise bowl that we put our popcorn in when, when we're watching movies. And so in popcorn that bowl was a placenta. And it was covered in like a bag or something. Mm-hmm. And then the cord was coming out of the bowl and was still attached to Maya. And they left the cord attached for a while yeah. to get all of that, that rich blood. Everything she needed. And so then they clamped it and I cut the cord and they tied it off. And then um, they were having you put more fluids and all sorts of things yeah. back into your body. And I think the team, like you know, my mom and everybody who was there as support, they were just sort of like just talking about it and congratulating each mm-hmm. other. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what happened with me. So I think this was probably before you got sutured. Um, I, had, I, had, I had some tears when Maya first came out. But then that quickly stopped because the blood mm-hmm. and getting you and going back into, into support yeah, mode. mode. Yeah. When you were settled, when you were sutured, when Maya was okay, when we when I, I learned that she was fine because she didn't cry and she was a weird color, I thought something might be wrong with Maya. Mm. I really did. So I you know, I just continued to do what I do and support you and as she was getting the mucus sucked out and all sorts of stuff. When everything was cool, when you were cool, when Maya was cool, I fucking broke down. Wow. I don't know if you saw this. You didn't tell me. I stood up and I I gave a hug to my mom uh-huh. and I just wept on her shoulder. She just rubbed my back and then I and the next person next to me was I think Nancy. I just wept on her Aww. shoulder. I ended up hugging and weeping on the shoulders of every person there. Wow. My mom, Nancy, Day, I I was just crying my eyes out hugging Day. Shonda and then I went to all the midwives. I just cried on Debbie's shoulder. I cried on Wendy. I cried on Lacey. <laughs> like, it was so 
surreal for me to like I just think for me man it was 12 hours yeah. of being on yeah yeah you know like I I was on I was support for you I was getting things done I was doing you know just being playing the role that I knew you wanted at that moment and when you were safe and when Maya was safe I could just drop it yeah and release. man release yeah I released I remember that I I totally get it I mean for someone who chooses to be such a big role and such a big birth partner your release is just as important as mine mine being her coming out and you know having that that experience of of seeing her out it's like you need something too that does that you know that that creates some sort of like chemical hormonal release like i i totally get it i'm so glad you had that i didn't know i think that's beautiful i didn't i didn't expect that to happen but it happened when i when i hugged my mom like i felt it and i just let it go i didn't try to fight it and then when I hugged Day, like it really came out, and so uh, yeah, that was that was big. So and... many feelings. <laughs> By the way, I have to acknowledge my strange altered voice. I kind of have morning voice because I think it's because I'm lying in bed <laughs> and I have Maya on my the chest. Baby on you. Yeah, so it kind of if I'm sounding weird, that that's why. Yes. But um, okay, so Maya is out. She's healthy. She's fine. Yeah. The cord's been cut. You're sutured. Yeah. Um, they check her out, weigh they, her, measure they did, her. They did the 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 exam, which I was so excited for. Like mm. ever since we we saw that in the in the videos and they talked about that, I couldn't wait to see them doing the newborn exam. Mm-hmm. And so she's laying on the bed on her back, and they just go through and check everything, make yep. sure all her fingers and toes, and make sure she doesn't have like you know extra nipples or whatever. <laughs> and like she's got two butt cheeks instead of three <laughs> and uh and then they did like you know they kind of moved her her legs around and yep. Lacey was like okay all her joints are in socket and everything and Aww. they weighed her and they measured her and what did she weigh eight pounds five ounces Oof. and she was 20 inches long 20 inch little girl yes and we'll, we'll put some pictures on the show notes yeah maya came out with blue eyes and blonde hair <laughs> Neither of us have blue eyes and blonde hair. Neither. I'm I'm mixed race. So my mom's white, my dad's black. So I've got like this caramel, cocoa, super sexy skin. Delicious. Delicious skin. And brown eyes. And you've got fair skin and yes. brown hair and brown eyes. I am where the Eastern hell, European fair. Where the hell did we make a blonde haired blue eye baby? Something got mixed in there. Something. You've been doing something. <laughs> okay. Something, but she had some of my features. Like everyone yeah, was saying, she has my nose, and everyone says she looks like my little sister. Who you know, they say that her and I look alike. So, so so fascinating. Like, how did we create a blonde haired? Now her her hair is changing. Her hair is a little bit darker now, but her eyes are still blue. Mm-hmm. And see uh, how it evolves over time. Yeah, and we'll put um we'll put stuff in the show notes, and and by this episode. We're going to have our, our website up. Yeah. And the website is diahpodcast.com. Yes. And so you can find all the show notes for each and every episode there. So this one in particular, go there and, you know, babe, let's put some let's put some photos from the birth. Sure, like, sure. Let's put some ones that maybe we'll have to put some black bars. Yeah, we're going to have some, some nips and some naps. Some stars and blur some things but out. Like, shit, I mean, it's real and it's raw. Yes, let's so. do that. I like all right, that. Any, anything else from the birth that you want to comment on i mean i could go on all day but i do want to hear other people's home birth stories yeah 
Um, I want, I want to hear what this inspired or maybe brought up for other people as well. So I'd love to just hear, um, hear testimonies on, on home birth experiences and see how they compare to ours. I'd love to hear more of them. I've, you know, only heard of a few up until this point. Yeah. So if you have a home birth story, if you have questions, if you have feedback about our story, shoot us an email at hello at diahpodcast.com. Um, or you can find us on Twitter at D-I-A-H podcast and that stands for doing it at home podcast and we totally want to hear from you um it was a beautiful life-changing just incredible experience and uh i know that that there are so many so many of you out there who have had one yourself um who are planning to have one and who are just curious about them so we want to hear from you and uh with so, that, Sarah, yeah. you can you can take us on out of here. Oh, I want to thank all of you for hanging out with us. I want to thank Maya for being such a baby angel. She's been sleeping on <laughs> me this whole time. Entire, she's literally <laughs> like six inches from my voice. Yes. And she's so been sleeping. She's part of the, the squad now, the, the staff here at oh, yeah. DIAH. And she'll be part of many future episodes, I'm sure. So just look for those... Uh, little coos and ahs in the background of some of the audio tracks (laughs) so thanks so much again Um, we appreciate you all and uh, this is us doing it at home peace does your father know you're listening to this podcast well when you're done why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad approved Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.